and welcome to the Psych and Business Podcast, where we highlight the integration of psychology and psychological principles into the world of business and organizations. I'm your host, Dr. Ernest Wade. So last week, towards the end of the individual episode, I started talking about trust, and I highlighted how I thought that trust was one of those key foundational elements that was really important for a leader to have between themselves and their employees. But I think really trust is one of those bedrock key foundational items that is important for anybody to have in any relationship. It doesn't matter if it's between a leader and employee or two employees or two coworkers, and also in the personal setting. Trust is really a foundation that all relationships I feel are built on. So I want to take this time to talk a little bit more about trust in depth. So let's start by making sure we're all talking about and thinking about the same thing. So I looked up the dictionary definition of trust, and it actually says trust is the firm belief in the reliability, the truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. Again, the firm belief in the reliability, the truth, the strength of someone or something. So I think this is actually going to be really important as we start to look a little bit more into what trust is. So the way that I do that is actually to look at research. I'm a strong believer in standing on the shoulders of the giants that have come before us. And that's how I look at research. I look at research as as something that other people have done that I can take advantage of. And I'm really grateful for those people that, uh, that do research. And so I did some research and found some really interesting things about trust that I'd, I'd love to share with you. The first one is that trust as a, as a concept, as a psychological concept, is something that has been researched for quite a while. In fact, the research on trust started in the early 1960s. In the 1990s, trust actually, the research actually started moving towards trust in the workplace, trust in the organization. So it started to really expand and, and the research really around trust from the psychological perspective really uh, grew exponentially. So there's a lot of research out there. So one of the things I want to share with you is the definition of trust from the research perspective. And this came from Rousseau in 1998. And this is really important, again, to make sure that we're consistent in terms of what we're thinking about and what the research was, was doing to make sure that there is congruence between those things. So they define trust as a psychological state comprising the intention to accept vulnerability based upon positive expectations of the intentions or behavior of another. Again, it's the psychological state, which is, again, comprising the intention to accept vulnerability, right? So we have psychological state, making yourself vulnerable based upon your expectations of behavior or the intentions of somebody else. Another definition that came from from Meyer also talks, again, about uh, the willingness of a party to be vulnerable, right? Based upon the actions and the expectations of another party that is going to perform another action. So let's dig into this a little bit further. So you can see already that there are two parties when involved when we're talking about trust. So there's the party A, which we'll call the truster. This is the person that is extending trust to someone else. And then the trustee, which is the party that is being trusted, right? This So, so, so you have to extend trust. You have to have a truster who's willing and able to extend trust. And then you have to have party B, which is the trustee who is willing to accept that trust and, and hold it and um, and keep it secure. So I think these are these are two important things to remember when we're talking about trust, right? The truster and the trustee. Secondly, as the definition talked about, it's a psychological state, which means that it's dynamic, 
means that it's fluid, means that it fluctuates. So you can have trust in one period and not in another period. And I think this is important to talk about when we're talking about trust in the work environment or, or really in any environment. You can trust somebody to do something very specific, but not trust them in other settings. You can trust someone over a period of time, but then lose trust in them over other periods of time, and then even regain that trust over a period of time. So trust fluctuates and is fluid. It's really important to, to keep this in mind. The other thing I think is important is the psychological state. You have to make that choice to extend trust to somebody else. And it's not something that, that, that has to be consistent, right? It's not a trait. It's, it's a state, so it can change over time. Again, really important to keep that in mind. The other thing I think is important here is that when you are extending trust, you are extending trust for a future action yet to come. You are extending trust to somebody for something that you expect them to do, a behavior that you expect them to engage in, an action that you expect them to do. It's something that is going to happen in the future. It has not happened yet. This is really important because what we're talking about is suspending your, your, your sense of uncertainty and choosing to believe that something is going to happen in a future state. That can be really hard to do. I mean, I think this is, if you look at it from this point of view, you can really understand why trust can be really hard to, to gain and to earn and to keep. Now, how do you extend trust? There's a couple of ways in which the research talks about this. The first way is the cognitive-based approach, which is more of an evidence-based process. So it's really about your thinking. It's really about what evidence have you seen from an individual that allows you to feel comfortable extending trust to them? And so this is really based upon a person's previous behaviors and actions. And I think this is one that you see a lot in the, of in the workplace, where, where trust is extended based upon what someone has done in the past. You can, you can trust them to do something in the future. And I, similarly to what we've talked about in the situational leadership approach, where uh, you determine somebody's ability to do something, it's if they're able to demonstrate that they're able to be proficient in something. So in this case, if they're able to demonstrate that they can accomplish the, the tasks or the activities that they say they're going to do. That's the cognitive-based approach. It's more of an evidence-based approach. The other way that we extend trust is more of a relational approach. And, and, there, and here there's, a, there's an affect trust uh, between two individuals. And usually it's, it's uh, an affect that is genuine, that is a, a genuine care or concern for somebody else. So if you, if you really care for someone and that is reciprocal, you are more likely to extend trust because of that feeling, because of that affect that you have for them. And interestingly enough, that can that can sometimes conflict against the evidence that you've seen in the past. You might find someone is doing something that demonstrates untrusting behavior, but because you feel a genuine care and affection for them, you're going to choose to trust them. This happens sometimes in the workplace as well, but I think the one that is probably most common is the cognitive-based. So I want to talk a little bit about how does someone demonstrate that evidence? How does someone build that trust bank that you can then use to determine if you can trust them or not. So again, we'll stand on the shoulders of, of others who've done this work. I think one of the people that has done this work that I think is, is well-respected is Franklin Covey. Now, Franklin Covey talked a lot about trust and he has a book called The Speed of Trust that talks about trust, starting from the, the self-trust, from the individual trust, all the way through societal trust. So they, they, they've got five waves in there. And I think this book is worth reading if you're interested in learning more about trust. The one we're going to focus on is relational trust, which is their second wave. Now, uh, Covey 
highlights 13 behaviors that he says by by demonstrating these behaviors you're 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 building trust you're building trust you're demonstrating that evidence that can then be used to to judge if you are someone that can be trusted or not 13 is a, is a lot and so we won't get into all 13 i'm going to pick 3 that i think are really for me float up to the top because i think you, you can't do all 13 it's it's, it's going to be very hard to do all 13 so as i always recommend pick 2 or 3 so i'm going to pick 3 here for us to talk about the first one is demonstrating respect. You can already see that this is something that you do towards other people. So demonstrating respect and dignity for other people, showing them that you respect them for who they are and that you you genuinely care about them as people, not just as employees or coworkers, but as people who are unique and have their own issues and their own concerns. You demonstrating that respect for people can really help to build trust because when when you can see that someone cares for you, you're more likely to be able to open up to them, give them an opportunity. You're really more likely to extend trust to that person because you know that they care for you. And so they're less likely to hurt you intentionally or do anything that might really harm you. The second one that I'm going to pick on is delivering results. And this really speaks directly to establishing that track record of results. Being someone that can be dependable, someone who does what they say they're going to do, and someone who can be relied upon to accomplish the goal, to accomplish the results that they've said that they're going to do. And so I think this is really important uh, for someone to be to be relied upon and, and to have that body of evidence that they can use to say, hey, you can trust me because when I say I'm going to do something, here's the evidence that, I, that I'm actually going to do it. So this is one that I think that, that we do a lot of in the workplace. We, we judge people based upon the evidence that we have for the most part. I mean, I think certainly absolutely in the workplace, the relation piece comes into it. If we know someone, we're more likely to trust them. But I think I think it's fair to say that a lot of the time we we can use the cognitive based approach as a more of an of objective measure of determining if we can extend trust. And then the, the last one is actually to extend trust. If you remember, the definition of trust really talked about vulnerability. The truster puts themselves in a place of vulnerability. And so if you are going to ask someone to put themselves in a place of vulnerability towards you, you as a leader, you are someone who expects to be trusted, needs to be able to also extend trust and put yourself in that place of vulnerability so that others can also know that you're you're willing to do what you're asking them to do. This can be really challenging for a lot of people. Uh, you know, they they want trust, but they're not willing to extend trust. And so I think this is really important to demonstrate to others that the culture, the environment that you're in is one of trusting. And a great way of doing that is actually by extending trust to other people, as is appropriate, right? I don't think you you just extend trust when it's not appropriate or when it's not called for. But I think if you can, if you can trust other people, especially the people that you're working with, the people that you are hoping to lead, it makes it easier for them to trust you as well. Okay, so this is just a little bit of information about trust. There's a lot of information out there about trust. And I, as I think it's really a foundational element for all relationships. I really encourage everybody to learn a little bit more about trust. And I hope this has been helpful to leading you towards that. Thanks for listening. I hope this has been helpful. And I hope you will join us next time.